Welcome to Watershed. I'm Anna Hamilton, and this is episode number three of Watershed, a podcast exploring Florida's changing environments. If you're hearing us for the very first time, consider going back to the beginning to listen to our first two stories. You can find them on our website, watershedradio.com. For today's installment, you're coming with me to my hometown of St. Augustine, Florida. Step into the crowd. Near the historic Bridge of Lions in the nation's oldest city, community members wave signs with slogans like Save the Whales, No Drilling, and Don't Spoil Our Coast. They've gathered at the behest of Neil Armingjohn, the Matanzas Riverkeeper. And my job is to look after, protect what I like to call the last best river in Florida, the Matanzas River. Uh, we're a citizens group, and so we work with uh, the community, all different facets of the community to protect the river and educate people how blessed we are to have this great river. Armingjohn has called this press conference to talk about something called seismic air gun testing. It's something, honestly, two years ago I did not really know that much about. I just happened to go to a meeting about 18 months ago. Seismic air gun testing may sound a little benign, but it's also known a little more graphically as seismic air gun blasting. The Environmental Youth Council, a St. Augustine-based activist group, has called it the most significant issue facing the state of Florida. It's a process to map oil and gas off the coast, east coast. It's a process where ships tow these long kind of tubular devices. They can be different sizes. They're in arrays. But here's the bottom line. They emit a very loud noise, extremely loud, in some cases 100,000 times more intense than a jet engine. And it goes every 10 seconds, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It bounces down, that sound Uh, bounces, hits the ocean floor, travels through, and basically what it is, it reflects sound back and they map oil and gas. According to Armingjohn, there are nine permit applications at the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management to conduct seismic air gun testing off the eastern seaboard of the United States. The potential blast zone stretches from Delaware to Florida, encompassing an area the size of California. President Obama gave the green light to approve seismic testing off the Atlantic coast in the summer of 2014. The ban on offshore drilling expires in 2017. This move is a complete reversal in Obama's 2008 campaign platform. In June of that election year, Obama visited Jacksonville, Florida, and chastised then-candidate John McCain for his pro-offshore drilling stance. Obama said that lifting the ban would have long-term consequences for our coastline and no short-term benefits. The Matanzas Riverkeeper is part of a coalition of organizations, including Oceana, the Florida Wildlife Federation, Sierra Club, and Surfrider, who were united against this sonic blasting technology. Today's news event is to discuss the potential for seismic testing with the public and to call on Florida's elected leaders to take a stance. Uh, There are active permits on somebody's desk that want to do this. And what we really wanted people to know, this is no longer hypothetical. Um, This is real. These permits applications are real. And, you know, this could be the precursor to oil and gas drilling off Florida's coast. Imagine if the largest 
um, noise generated by humans was ta was going off every 10 seconds, 24 hours a day for weeks and on end above your house? And would you be able to talk to your family? Would you be able to sleep? Would you be able to eat, you know, and have any kind of quality of life? Probably not. Erin Handy is the Florida campaign organizer for Oceana, an international organization dedicated to protecting and restoring the world's oceans. For a human to be that close to a sound, you'd be deafened. It's very, very disturbing to marine mammals, um, dolphins and whales who um, communicate, migrate, operate, and really survive um, using sonar. Really what it comes down to is why would we want to put marine mammals through that? Just as we humans heavily rely on eyesight to navigate the world, marine mammals use sonar and their sense of hearing. Whales and dolphins are particularly sensitive to sounds, and for them, a constant blast 100,000 times louder than a jet engine is not good news. Especially for the North Atlantic right whale, one of the world's rarest whale species whose critical calving grounds along the eastern seaboard coincide with the proposed blasting zone. Uh, there's only... 380, 400 of these animals left. So we are, in effect, uh, risking their very existence by this process. In an impact study released by the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, seismic testing off our coast could affect a huge number of marine mammals, injuring over 138,000, disrupting behavior patterns in 13.5 million, and interrupting breeding patterns of many other species like loggerhead sea turtles. I'm not a big fan of those kind of studies, so I would argue that that's probably an underestimate. Armingen and Handy stress that the effects aren't limited to marine mammals. And it's not just dolphins, whales. It's also regular pelagic fish. It impacts them. We do know that off the coast of Norway when this took place, um, that the fisheries catching, and we're not talking just about marine mammals, we're also talking about fish, um, was reduced by 80%. And in fact, in Norway, um, fishermen filed a suit against, against the, the company conducting the testing because their catch and their livelihood was reduced so much. So that was an immediate effect of seismic air gun blasting. Handy says that Oceana is putting together statistics to paint a picture of what seismic testing could mean for coastal residents from Delaware to Florida. 220,000 commercial and recreational fishing jobs are located within the area off the mid and south Atlantic that has, was currently opened up or recently opened up for seismic air gun blasting. 220,000 jobs. And so in our country, when we're so focused right now on job creation, we're talking about the possible elimination of 220,000 jobs in that industry. Additionally, there's estimated 500,000 jobs in uh, marine tourism and recreation, once again, within this area of proposed seismic air gun testing, which is roughly the size of the state of California. Imagine the state of California right off our, our coast. That's the area we're talking about, 500,000 marine tourism and recreation jobs possibly impacted. Something striking about this story that I should point out. This pushback against seismic air gun testing is not limited to an isolated handful of environmental activists. In fact, city and county governments across the eastern seaboard have passed resolutions opposing seismic testing. In Florida, the city of St. Augustine and St. John's County were some of the first to do so.
This is a rare story in that people from all walks of life are standing together on this issue. Fishermen, politicians, environmentalists, scientists, and concerned citizens. Seismic testing could hurt our fisheries, environmental resources, tourism, and coastal economies. The seismic testing applications are under consideration, and until permit decisions are made, Arming John and Handy are plugging into the public and starting the conversation. Sometimes environmental issues can be very complicated, complex. This is something that most people can understand. One thing to note is that the proponents of seismic air gun blasting say it will create jobs, yet every company that's applied for a lease to do seismic air gun blasting is located outside of the states in the blast zone. So there is no economic or job creation to seismic air gun blasting. The end game is oil and gas drilling. They're not going to spend millions of dollars doing seismic air gun testing if they don't expect to get a return on their investment. For all the time and energy we're pouring into this, we could be looking at alternative energy. Well, the alternative, um, and it's a much better economic alternative for the area in Florida, as well as the rest of the Atlantic coast that we're talking about, is um, wind and solar energy development. Certainly in Florida, solar, wind, Instead, we're arguing about a methodology that we know is harming us. It, the, the irony of this, you know, we're in a state that is being impacted probably more than any other region for climate change, driven by too much carbon in the atmosphere. And yet here we are now potentially arguing about, okay, do we want to put more carbon in the atmosphere? We're never going to run out of wind, ever. Um, it doesn't, you know, hurt the environment to produce wind. And wind is being su- successfully um, used to generate power all over the country. So, once again, we're major proponents of that. You know, there is a cost to all of this, okay? And as somebody who grew up around the Gulf of Mexico my whole life, you kind of understand it. But the BP spill, I think, kind of helped people understand this is the cost of how we're living. This is the cost of all this. In addition to solar development, we're in, we're in a state with more sunny days than any other state in the continental United States, and yet we are so far behind on solar development. What we're talking about here literally is the future of the east coast of Florida, of Georgia. This goes from Delaware to the tip of Florida. I think it's an entree for all of us to maybe look at, you know, energy into the future. We as a society, as a country, have to move away from oil and uh, oil and gas-based energy system. Entree for energy in the future. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? To find out more about seismic testing and ocean energy exploration, visit us at watershedradio.com. And if this issue is something that concerns you, talk to your friends and family about it. If you tell five people and they tell five people, well, that's how the revolution starts. Thanks for tuning in to Watershed, and we'll see you in another two weeks. Our music comes from the inimitable The Soon Another. And I know I've said it once, but I'll say it again and again. If you like this podcast, consider making a donation. We're run by the people and for the people. 
I'm Anna Hamilton, and thanks for listening. 